0: Would you turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 12? We want to welcome our broadcast audience to River Church in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. We're ministering tonight on something new, and I'm going to call it Money Cometh. Now, that reaches way back to uh, a Leroy Thompson Day when the Lord told him Money Cometh. But in 2 Kings chapter 12, let's, let's look at what, where that comes from. Let's say Money Cometh. Money cometh. So we're going to minister on. Yeah, pull the pull the lever. Joey's at back there pulling the lever. How, we pulled the lever a lot, haven't we? Praise God. In chapter twelve, verse four, it says in. in oh wait, 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 wait. Yeah, that's it. And Jehovah said to the priests. All the money of the dedicated things that is brought into the house of the Lord, even the money of everyone that passes the account, that money that every man is set at, and all the money that cometh into any man's heart to bring into the house of the Lord. That's, oh yeah, that, that's it right there. Excuse me. Uh, I was in another version. And all the money that cometh that's where it is. See it in the bottom of four? And all the money that cometh. says money, specifically. This thing's old as tree. This second king's business, it goes way back. And they were talking about money cometh. All the money that cometh, hallelujah. Uh, slip over to Matthew. That's the Old Testament version of money cometh. But in Matthew chapter 17. I prophesy that we have a great, great summer, an amazing summer, a financially able summer. We're going to go further in God this summer than we usually do in summers, and we're going to be funded for all of it, funded for all of it. This is a people summer. 17, verse 27, and this is the story of the Lord Jesus, and... uh, He's, he's having a conversation with Peter about the taxes. Uh, apparently, the tax collectors had been by. And in verse 26, he said, uh, uh, well, verse 25, uh, do who, of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute? Of their own children or strangers? Peter said to him, of strangers. Jesus said in him, then are the children free. Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea and cast a hook and take up the fish that cometh up. The first cometh up, and when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money. The first fish that cometh up will have money in it. Money cometh. Money cometh. Well, where could it come from? I don't have any kin folks and, and I don't have any it doesn't matter. That's the God part. Our part is to believe. Not for specifics. Don't be thinking, well, I need I'm just believing God for a job from Walmart. And I passed up seven jobs because I want to work at Walmart. Well if you don't have a word about Walmart, you got you got wrong thinking. So we're not putting our details into how the money comes, like, well, Uncle Jack, or... No, we're just saying money cometh. We're also saying everything that's on this checks in the mail. Debts paid off. Bills paid. Favor, favor, favor. But tonight I want to minister on money cometh. Go with me to First Timothy, if you would. Do a little Bible drill here. First Timothy chapter 6. Doesn't it feel good to be in the Word? It's like like the supper bell or something, but you go, wow, I've been waiting all day for this. Chapter 6, look in verse 10. Let's arrest ourselves, lest we think that we're immune. Lest we think we're immune to scarcity and shortage and lack and need in the world. Lest we think we're immune to religion and secularism that wants to make shortage a, a common thing and fear. It says, for the love of money, for the love of money, the love of money is the root of all evil. While, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith. While some have coveted after, they have erred from the faith. The love of money is the root of all evil. Doesn't bother me, doesn't touch me. Unless you covet after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness. So there's a command there. But I I wrote down here, fire. Fire is a wonderful thing. Unless it's burning in the middle of your living room. It's a great thing up in the attic. In my house, it's in the attic. The furnace is up there. I have a little gas log thing. And I just love fire. Just wonderful. But if the fire ever gets into the kitchen, I mean into, into the bathroom, or gets into the living room or the bedroom, the thing that was wonderful is all of a sudden terrible. So it's how you handle it. The love of money. Money is not evil. It's just if you mishandle it. And then affection. I thought of affection as something that can be so comforting to have someone pull you in, give you a hug, and, and pat you, or affection, just affection. But it also can be very, very offensive and even dangerous to us, the wrong kind of affection. But it's affection. So it's, it's amoral. It, it takes on the connotation. It takes on the characteristics of the motive behind it. The same thing with money. Many people have misused money. Would you all have to, don't raise your hand, but we could all say at some time or another, we misuse money. Before we were tithers, we were driving our tithe. Or whatever. And that's a misuse of money. It, it's wrong. God doesn't whack us. He doesn't. He, he, he's never mad at us. But he does shake his head like we all have his parents and goes, I wish better. I wanted better for my kids. Yes. But they just, they just went down the wrong track. But, you know, you don't throw anything at them and you don't uh, knock them around. Uh, you just wish for them better. And the Lord wishes better for us. And so he puts wonderful things in our life, but they're so powerful that they can all be misused. And so they're as bad as they are good, even though it's the same thing uh, each time. I want to I do something amazing tonight. I want to talk about what the Word of God says about the God kind of blessing. How God handles money. Now, you'd think, you'd think, going to some churches or some doctrines, that money is evil. But we've, we've already seen in the Scripture that money is not evil. It's the love of money, the inordinate love of money, the you could say the lust of money. Or the envy or the covetousness of money, the lasciviousness of money. But money's not evil. I've I've turned the lights on in orphanages in in the Philippines before. And I took I sent money. We've all sent money to Liberia, Africa. That was that's gonna there's no telling how many people are gonna be ministered and delivered and set free because of the few dollars that we sent over. And I'm not making light of what we sent over, but the, the need of that whole nation is crying out. So really what we're doing. But what does the word of God tell us about covenant money? Now I want us to, I want us to gear up. I don't want you just to say, well, that's nice. Bless his darling heart, you know, and pastor did a good job. I don't, that's, I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in us changing a perspective, an embracing it, the word says, and I'm not saying we're prodigal, but the word says the prodigal in the, in the pig pen, the word says he came to himself and said, I, I got to giddy up and go back to daddy. And everything was better after that. So, so we're all in the, in the transition of changing. So you can, you can turn slow or you can turn fast. It's just up to us. It's not God's. God, I want you to go slow, or I want you to... No, it's up to us. He's got, he's got the throttle yanked back. It's us. So listen to these words about uh, covenant family money. Here's what God says. Number one, abound. You can't write these down. I'll just have to give them to you later. Abound. I'm going to say the word. You say it after me. Abound. Abound, abound to every good work. Well, let's skip that. I'll just tell them abundance, all sufficiency in all things. Y'all remember that one? That's what God says about money and about funding us. All sufficiency in all things. He says. Uh, he says all these things added. All these things added. I believe that's in Matthew. He said, "Be rich." Come on, let's let God's Word soak in. This is is Scripture. He said, blessed. Y'all know that one's in there. Be blessed. Blessed to be a blessing, he told Abraham. Bounty. Overflow bounty. He said, delightsome land. That's what God said about you and me. I'm going to bring you to a delightsome land. He didn't say, I got a scraggly old... Reservation over in the corner that where the dust blows. Enough. <laughs> Christians act like God can't get enough to us. He's more than enough. Uh, enriched in everything to all bountifulness. This is the Word of God. So we're, we're, we're having faith arise in us. Enriched in everything to all bountifulness. Look, look, look. Exceeding great reward. Remember that? I will be your, he told Abraham, I will be your exceeding great reward. Flows with milk and honey. That's what God says about our provision, our supply, our funding. Goodly. If you look in Deuteronomy, it talks about, I want you to be in goodly houses. And to be furnished with goodly things. Uh, Number 15, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. That's what God says. That's what God Almighty Father says about His idea, His perspective, His outlook towards our supply here on earth. Great substance. I'm getting a little giddy just thinking about all this. Hallelujah. Horns shall be exalted. Increase you more and more. Hit me with that one, Lord. Increase me more and more. Lend unto many nations. I believe that's in Malachi. No, maybe not. Open his good treasure. <laughs> Well, just if you're good enough. Just if you don't do the hokey pokey. No, it's all of us. Uh, open Open you the windows of heaven that there be not room enough to receive it. That's what the Lord says about you and me if we just, in our frail and mortal bodies, if we just turn our sails into his wind. I just got to just gotta turn them. Uh, overflow. Peace. The word peace, you know, is shalom, which means prosperity. People restrained from giving. You know, we've looked at that scripture. People were restrained from giving because they said they had too much. Plenteous in goods. I think we ought to go home and clean out our storerooms. and Plenty. Pour you out a blessing. Prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies. Prosperity. Prosperous. I don't know what you think about prosperous. If you get religious, you'll say, because uh, I had a man tell me this yesterday. Well, I'm, uh, he, he was telling me about all the hours he works and that he's probably the best installer in the, in the state. And I said, and he, he didn't sleep. He did, he, all week long, he's going home late and getting up early. I said, are you rich? He said, oh, no, I'm not rich, but I'm rich spiritually. See, that's how you throw that stuff off. That's how you disconnect from it. That's how you don't let it come into your life, is you say, well, I'm rich spiritually. False humility. Reap bountifully. (laughs) I like reaping, but bountifully, really? Rich and riches. Runneth over. Set you in a large place. Set thee on high above. Shall not want. Let's say that one together. I shall not want. Right there, that we don't even need anymore. Right there, Psalm twenty-three. Three. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That we don't need anything else. But He just keeps piling it on. Yes. Success. He said, "I'll make you a good success." Supply. <laughs> Very rich. Wealth and wealthy place. I just got 41 of them in tonight. There's more. And if the Lord doesn't come back this week, which I definitely prefer, but if he doesn't, I'll be here next week with the other, the other half. Hallelujah. So let's, let's turn to John 10.10. 10. We just got a few minutes here. No more than 70 or 80. We, yeah, don't stop on anybody's account. I heard a pastor say the other day, he was ministering and people were, you know, they shouldn't have done this, you know, like put their watch up to their ear and click on it like that. And he said, Hey, if you need to go, giddy up, just be quiet, respectful, and set yourself out. If your roast is burning, Or, you know, whatever. That's fine. (coughs) Everybody go when they need to. But we're going to stay until nobody needs to. Amen. Verse 10 says, The thief cometh not. The, The embezzler is the real word. The thief cometh not. Why does he come, Lord Jesus? He comes to steal and kill and destroy. But I am come, let's look, let's look. I am come that they might have zoe life. Zoe life is life as God has it. It's what makes God, God. It's the essence of God. It's the, it's the divine life of God. He said, I've come to bring you that divine life. How much, Lord, that they might have it more abundantly. And I I wrote down that word means exceeding, above, superior, and extraordinary life. Now, this is just a book of adjectives tonight. This is just telling us, you know, embellishing that God says, I got you covered. Well, Lord, how much do you have us covered? Well, there was 41 plus John 10, 10 right there. He said, I think I got you covered. I don't think anybody could squeeze out of that the blessing of the Lord. Ephesians 3, 20. Can you feel faith arise? Because the devil's been talking to us. The world's been showing the curse, the curse that's in the world. There is a curse in the world. We are in this world, so we are subject to it if we don't get subject not unto it. If we don't opt out with the promises, then we're, we get it just like the world. He said, uh, verse 20, now and let's read it together. I'm in the King James. Read it together. Ready, read. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power worth that worketh in us. Amen. Uh, there's some powerful adjectives in there. They are superfluous in the English language. Maybe in the uh, in the uh, Hebrew or the Greek or whatever's being used here. Maybe they mean more, but there was no other English words that typified the intent and the meaning of these Greek words. They're 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 translated as accurately as they can be. So here's what we got to we got to start doing. We got to quit. We got to quit fighting prosperity. And I know everybody in this, in this room would just turn me off and say, well, you're talking to somebody else because I am not fighting prosperity. Oh, yes, we are. Because prosperity lights on us like a morning rain. We can say I'm not against it, but that doesn't mean we're for it. We can, we can say I'm not fighting it, but we could be dodging it and going around it for a quicker, more convenient, and less tedious route. What Lynn quoted tonight from Dr. Hagen is so apt, uh, saying that the Lord told Abraham wherever he put his foot, he could have it. It was all legally his. All he had to do was walk it out. Was it Abraham? Joshua. Joshua. It sounded a little weird right there, Abraham. You didn't say Abraham on everything that's close. But, but he had to walk it. He could only get what he could walk out. Well, the analogy to us in the New Testament is, is we have to walk it out with our faith. We have to possess the land even though it's been given to us. And so we're going to have to, listen, listen, we're going to have to own prosperity. You got to own it. You can't be, well, I'm not against it. You know what that says? That's what the default of that is, is. Bring it, Lord. I'm here. And that's not how he works. Lord, if you want to bless me, I'll do what you want me to do and go where you want. I'll give. I'll... Lord, just bring it. But that's not it. That's not how it works. We have to own prosperity. We have to own, listen, plenty. It's so easy to get out of faith when you have enough. We stop. But that just means we stop where we're comfortable or where we were before we lost prosperity or the people that we respect around us that have jobs and families and everything. In other words, we're within shooting range of them. And so we get to where they are and we stop. Not obviously, not uh, consciously. We just quit pressing. I know wherein I speak, so you can take it or not tonight. We don't own prosperity. We we quit being against it, and we're not we're not trying to uh, dispute it like probably all of us used to 30, 40 years ago or whatever. But I'm owning overflow. I'm owning it. It is it is not acceptable not to be in overflow. It's unacceptable to just have my needs met. I'm living on yesterday's faith, yesterday's vision, yesterday's plan, if I'm satisfied with what will fund yesterday and today. How can he assign you more if you don't have more to go? Why would you... Why would you tell someone to take some tomatoes to the neighbors if you don't have any tomatoes? You go, well, we got to wait. Well, that's what everybody's doing. They're waiting until it comes to decide I will do with it now that it's come. But that is not how it works. You have to own it before you see it. This is real good. I mean... I know we teach a kind of a harsh message. It's, it's real chiseled. It's real black and white. There's edges to this instead of the fuzzy. But we want to get over there as fast as we can. And we're full-grown Christians. We're seasoned, or should be if we're not, you know. Anyway, 1 Peter 3, 4. Let's slip there. We've got just a few more minutes. 1 Peter chapter 3, look in verse 4. Money cometh. Money cometh to me. Money cometh now. Money cometh. It's on its way. Shall not want. Set thee on high. Runneth over. Reap bountifully. Wealthy place. Supply. Blessed in your coming in and your going out. Blessed in the city. And in the country, the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. That's us. It's not like, I wish I could get there. That is who we are. But we have to align our life up to who we are. Listen, if, 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 you, if you're an American and you don't line up your life with an American, <laughs> you won't enjoy America. 1 Peter 3, 4... <sighs> says, but let it be the hidden man. Well, let's go back to three. Well, it's talking about the the ladies here, and it gets off into some stuff. Who's adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plaiting the hair and of wearing of gold or putting on apparel. How many of y'all know they've twisted that thing around as far as you can go? (laughs) But let it be, here it is, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit which is in the sight of god of great price Uh, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit what what does the word meek mean well in our english it now it means someone that's shy timid uh, reticent reluctant hesitant non-engaging non-confrontational meek just Kind of a milk toast type of person, but the word doesn't mean that at all. Uh, the word means, uh, where is that word? Here it is: teachable. Means teachable. He said, "Be teachable." Let's let me read it again. Uh, Even the ornament of a teachable and quiet spirit. Now we've been saying on Sunday, when you quit changing, you're done. You're done. Where you are, you say, I'm, I'm happy here. But the word says in Matthew that even that which he thinks he has will be taken away. So if you're not pulling up, you are by default going back. No one can stay in the same place. We're moving at all times, one way or the other. So uh, the word meek means uh, if you're not meek, it means that you have no intention. The opposite of meek means you have no intention of expanding yourself then if you put the word positive in there it means you have no intention of expanding yourself for yourself so there you have motive what's in it when you give when you bless when you go when you pray when what what's the whole motive everything rises and falls on motive when we get to heaven and we will then there's going to be a the great white judgment And it's not going to be, you know, they show you the videos of when you were in the candy store and what you did or whatever. It's going to be the rewards. And we know that wood, hay, and stubble is everything that you did that looked good, but it had a wrong intention or wrong motive in it. It was self-serving. And everything that's that's, uh, gold, silver, and precious stones is that which you did away from yourself. Selfless. Ah, we better giddy up, don't y'all think? Praise God. So here's what the Lord wants us to do, I think. Judge it yourself. He wants us to enlarge our capacity to administrate wealth without sin, without jealousy, without envy, without competition, without comparison. He wants us to expand our capacity, enlarge our ability to hold more wealth. More wealth. However, We looked at 41 of them. Wealth, funding, supply, without sin. In other words, everybody, you get someone that wins the lottery or, or Uncle Jack goes and leaves them uh, 100000 or less, and you go, that was too much for them at one time. They didn't have a capacity. They couldn't hold it. So it got into their soul and corrupted them. And you know what happened? They lost it all. Are you all listening? Yeah. They lost it all. And their kinfolks got it, and their toys rusted and fell apart, everything. And they lost it all. And statistically, you know, five years are back in debt after winning great sums of money or getting. So we, it's very hard for a rich man to come into the kingdom because he thinks he's self-made. So it's really difficult for one that has money, great sums, to turn, to, to deny himself, take up the cross and follow me, and to say, Lord, everything in the future is going to be by your hand. Uh, they just have a little dabble in there, a little put their hand in the old stuff and work around. You don't have to believe God. People are mad at President Trump and, and you know, yeah. But what would you do if you were an unsaved billionaire? You'd get in trouble. <laughs> I mean, if you didn't have a capacity for no sin, well, he wasn't born again until he was. And even then, that's not just him, all of us. So how do you enlarge your capacity? You have to, you don't just say, I'm not going to, I'm just going to enlarge myself. No, you have to work on comparison and competition. We're not trying to get ahead of anybody. Matter of fact, we're trying to give it to them to get them ahead course it doesn't work because when we give it's given back to us you couldn't measure is that right the windows of heaven open so we we're trying to give it all away and it just keeps coming back to us on every wave hallelujah and so we have to develop and and this church is very good at this we develop an attitude that's that uh, uh that we're not we don't regard position we don't regard title I mean, we're proud of them. And outside of this place, hoo-hoo. But everybody's just somebody here, aren't they? Amen. Do you all like that? It's real hard to... Uh, it's, it's challenging Not to, if you've got elders and trustees and bishops and everything in the church. It's hard to keep that stuff out. So you know how we fixed it? <laughs> Nobody is any of them. Hallelujah. Uh, My perspective on that is do the work of it do the do the kingdom ministry of it and let the Lord say you are that or Like we say about rich people. They never they never say I'm rich. Well, if you're a bishop or a whatever everybody will say, you know I Say that about Pastor Avery He never says it of himself, but he's a bishop. He started many churches in Russia, and he's very apostolic But you'd never know it here and he would never say it, but I recognize it. So let other people. So back, back on that, we're enlarging our capacity. We're changing our motives. We're, we're saying, bless God, this money's here for a reason. This wealth is here for a reason. Remember what Third John 2 says. Brethren, I pray above all things that you may prosper and be in health. Even as your soul prospers. So what are we doing at River Church? What are you doing in your quiet time? You're prospering your soul. You're enlarging your capacity. You're taking these words that we just talked about, delightsome land, blessed, exceeding great reward, and you're painting over the crud of shortage, lack, and need, of worry, of anxious thoughts that, that come to every of us that gets mails, uh, bills in the mail and uh, has a vehicle and has a house that you're maintaining. Yeah. It seems like it's relentless. And so what you got to do is not get under that. It's just bills, but people get under their bills. And they start expecting them to be bigger and greater and all that. And then they say things. Well, this thing's a piece of junk. I'm going to probably spend $10,000 on this thing. If I, you know, and they just go on and on. Well, we got to stop that. we got to enlarge our capacity for more. You can cut back or you can believe for more. Everybody's wanting to cut back. Everybody wants a budget i'm not everybody in here i hate budgets i don't do them if if there's a need we just press the go button and take in more accommodate more or whatever and the lord just sends it or somebody does it or we didn't need it after all there's a that's a different way of thinking and we have to money cometh thinks that way i gotta quit here let me just uh yeah i gotta quit um we do know this, and I will quit with this. Deuteronomy eight eighteen. I think I'll just read it, so we'll get it just right. This is the Old Testament affirmation of the covenant of supply. Now, in the New Testament, you know what we have. We know you know you, you know you know the grace for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be made rich. There's substitution there. And also by his stripes ye he were healed. But here in the Old Testament, verse 18, I said I was going to quit, so i got to hurry. Uh, verse 17, and thou say in thine heart, my power and the might of mine hand hath gotten me this wealth. He said, don't do it. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth, grants, appoints, and presses, bestows. It is he that giveth thee power. And the word power there is capacity. All power has been, given to, on, has been given to Jesus in heaven and earth, and then he gave it to us. So it's not like, well, send the power, Lord. No, send the capacity. Let me open up something. I was a babe and I thought like a, a, a child and, and all that. But now I'm a man, which means I've grown up. I've enlarged what I can hold. And not just in a test where you write the answers on the back of your hand and, you know, but you know them day and night and going and coming. You know what the answer is to life. We are problem solvers. Yes. And part of the problem solving process is you have to be funded. We'll look at another scripture in Ecclesiastes that said, if you don't have any money, you don't have any authority, and you don't have any influence, and you can't fix, can I say it this way? Nothing. You go, oh, God doesn't need money. <laughs> he may not, but we do. <laughs> oh, So i got to read this. That he may give the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant. This is going to be a real good series. We'll go anywhere from 2 to 72 weeks. <laughs> Depends on how y'all cooperate. <laughs> ah, it's just the word. If we didn't preach this, we'd preach something else. And we'd all say amen, we're happy. If you're giving tonight, up. Oh, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate y'all. Hope the word blessed you. Come back and we'll do it again. Amen. So if you're giving